him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were very afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Well, not only is this Easter Sunday, this is also the last in our series in the book in the Gospel of Mark. And the question that we ask there uh, today is, can this be true? (laughs) Can this be true, that the resurrection actually happened, that it's a a real-life event, that it's something that is historic and something that is so earth-shattering, life-changing, that it is true? Many of us would maybe prefer for it to be allegory or a metaphor because to believe that someone could come back from the grave seems impossible. I mean, sure, sure, we all think that maybe Elvis still is alive or somebody like that. But is this real? Can this be true? The interesting thing about these ladies that come into the tomb is the word that is used there when they walk in. It says, and we translate it this way, that they were alarmed. That word's only used here in all of the New Testament. And it means that they were completely and utterly dumbfounded in shock. Gobsmacked. You see... They weren't going to the tomb thinking that they would be the first witnesses of the resurrection. They were going to the tomb because right after Sabbath, they had hastily gone and got spices and ointments so that they could really prepare Jesus' body. Jesus' body has been there now, and it is decaying. And so this sense of great love and compassion and care that they had for this man who was considered a great prophet or a great teacher, that sure, some of them sometimes had had glimpses that he may be who he says that he is, that he may have been the anointed one, the Messiah, that he may have been God's son. But their love for him said, we don't care how decayed he is. We don't care how smelly he's going to be. We need to get there early in the morning and we need to prepare his body correctly for this burial that he'll have. And so they went and they got spices. And as they go along, they begin to think about the ramifications of what they're doing. And they say to one another, wait a minute, who's going to roll away that stone? Who's going to take care of that? For us. And when they get there, the stone is rolled away. And they walk in, and they're gobsmacked. They're undone. 
They weren't anticipating seeing an empty tomb. They weren't anticipating seeing some young boy, angelic figure sitting there. They weren't anticipating that their lives were going to be turned upside down, that everything that Jesus had said, in fact, was truth beyond truth, real beyond real. They hadn't anticipated that. And so when they walked in, their lives were altered and they couldn't put it into their mind. What does this mean? What does it look like? What is happening? What is going on? And then he says to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before them to Galilee and then you will see him just as he told you. What the angel is doing there is he's setting it in history for us. He's saying, look, the person that you saw crucified is now alive. The person that you saw crucified on Friday is now alive. And not only that, he's going to the place he told you to go. He's going to Galilee. He's going to meet you there. He's going to see the disciples there. And you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is real and true. What does it look like if this is real? What does it mean? I was thinking about it. Chuck Colson tells the story. Chuck Colson, who was a man who worked with Richard Nixon, who was president and was part of Watergate. It's American. Sorry, I am an American. But his quote about this is so amazing. He, he came to know Christ in prison. And when somebody asked him, do you really believe that the resurrection is real? He said, look, these are 12 men. If this is a lie, 12 men sticking together, being martyred, crucified, killed because of this lie and keeping it always the same that keeps spreading out when there were 12 of us who for three weeks couldn't keep a lie. That our human nature is that we don't want to be called out, so one of us is going to give. When there's a conspiracy that is taking place, it's going to happen. One of us is going to give. And he says, they never did. And so if they didn't do that, trust me, it has to be real. Not only that, we hear that, that, that in that time and in that place, uh, the tombs of Jewish martyrs were marked and recognized. The reality is, is we don't know where this tomb really is. I mean, there is a tomb that you can visit in the Holy Land that they say is the tomb, but it was never marked. It was never put up. It was never shown. If it was false and not real, then we would think that the, the Jewish leaders or the Roman leaders, when the whispers of the resurrection start getting out there, when the apostles start talking about the resurrected Lord, that they would produce the body. That they would show what was going on. That they would say, no, 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 no. We moved him because we knew the disciples were going to try and do something. And, and come, look, here's where he's at. Maybe put him under, you know, something so that everybody could come and see. Yes, in fact, there he is. Dead. Maybe it's the fact that there's been so much written about it in the New Testament and beyond that most even secular critics believe that something must have happened. That the body clearly wasn't there. That it was gone. And even some now today are saying there was probably some sort of resurrection that took place. 
But so what? What does that mean for us if it's real? What does it change for us if that's actually the case? Well, I think we go back to these ladies where they're dumbfounded and then they leave trembling and with astonishment. And so I want to focus on those three words. The first thing that happens to us when we encounter the resurrected Christ, the first thing that happens to us when we come to know and believe because God strengthens and gives us the faith faith to believe that God, in fact, rose Christ from the dead, that he is no longer there, but he is high and exalted and lifted up. When we hear that, we should be and are undone. There is no way that we can go back to living the way that we live because our lives are flipped upside down. Why? Because there's no way that I should ever sit on the throne of my heart. There's no way that I should ever think that I am right or holy or mighty without being and understanding what Christ has done. We can't go there. That there's no way that I can't look at Jesus because he did all that he did and and made true all that he said that I can't look at him and go, you are Lord, you are King. We become undone and dumbfounded. Why? Because our lives operate in scripts that we've built over years and years. Scripts that are given to us by our parents and our friends and our neighbors and our employers. Scripts that are given to us by by the world and by the church and by all those that are around us. And they build into our minds and into our lives. And we build them so that we feel comfortable in them and so that we're sure of them. And it's manageable. Here's what strikes us most of all. The resurrection is not manageable. It is altering in every way we look at life. Dominions are brought down. Death no longer has fear for us. We rest in hope. How amazing. So we're undone. The second thing that the resurrection does is it causes us to quake and tremble. They hear the news and they leave and they tremble. That there's actually a physical reaction that is happening to these ladies. They are shaking. They are so, what is going on? What has happened? They are shaking and there's something physical that happens to us when we come to this place. When we see the resurrected Lord, everything about our spiritual life changes and everything about our physical life changes. Our whole demeanor and the way we walk, the way we move becomes in submission to this Lord, this risen Savior. And what it causes us to do is be outward focused in our bodies, in our lives. We become those who are no longer closed off, but we become those who are wide open. We become those who don't cherish being not seen. We cherish being seen completely. And maybe most importantly of all, we become people that don't stand proud in the accomplishments that we've done, but we fall on our knees physically at the grandeur and mightiness of the risen Savior. It's amazing if this is true. So we're undone. And we have a physical response to this where we bow down and we worship. And then it says, what? (laughs) That they were astonished. 
That astonishment, that word there is, is almost ecstatic. So they move from a place of being undone and confused and not knowing what happens to the place where they're walking out and they're going to tell Peter and the disciples what has happened. They're quiet while they're walking. They're not saying it to anybody else. They're so where? They're so lifted up. It's almost as if they're out of their bodies. It's ecstatic. Most of you know that I was a, raised a preacher's son. Actually, the son of a preacher's son, son of a preacher's son. Do you know how many Easter services I've been to in my life? How many Easter services I've set up in my life? Do you know how many uh, sunrise Easter services I've been to in my life? How quickly... This story, this amazing thing that undoes us, that causes us to bow down in worship, becomes stale. Sure, over the last couple of weeks, we've been anticipating it, right? We couldn't help it. We were hearing all the commercials about all the good food that were going to be available for us for Easter and all the candies and lollies that we needed to buy for Easter. Sure, we were thinking about some clothes maybe new that we might get for ourselves so that we look extra pretty for Easter. But it's Easter. And it'll come and go. And we'll prepare for it next year again. Yes, we might have to get up early on Good Friday and go to a service. But most of all, we're grateful that we have a four-day weekend. Because of Easter Monday. That's new for me, by the way. We didn't take Good Friday off or Easter Monday off. I kind of like it. But it's just Easter. When they walked away from the tomb, they're at a place where they're almost in an out-of-body experience. They're ecstatic. They can't even, the reality of what has happened, the fact that God became flesh and that man died for our sins, died to bring us into whole relationship with himself, the fact that he is not dead but that he is risen, the fact that there is new life then promised for all who come to the Father through Jesus Christ, the fact that it is real means that I cannot even imagine or think think anything grander or greater and it lifts me up to the highest seats so that I see God enthroned in heaven and I say holy 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 are you Lord God almighty you're worthy to be praised and it's not just for today the fact is is that every day of our lives we live in the reality that the resurrection happened and at that moment it changed everything God said I've put to death death It no longer has any power. I have brought forth life, life better than you've ever dreamed, life abundant. And it is all through me. I've longed for you. I've created you. I've made you to be who you are. I know your name better than you know it yourself. And I will sing over you and bring you in and love you like you've never been loved before. And that is why it is real. Because even though these things happen, and even though we can say there's an empty tomb, and even though we can say you don't even see the clothes, and even though there's never been any proof that it's not, 
It's just people saying, well, it couldn't possibly be. It's not about those things. Because the resurrection, most of all, is about how it changes you. It makes you new. It makes you have a brand new life. It gives you hope where there is no hope. It gives you peace where there is no peace. It gives you the ability to engage and love even those who are most unlovable. And most of the time, in our own hearts, that's ourselves. And so because of the resurrection, we're able to love others and love ourselves the way God designed us to be. So the hope that I have for you and for me today is that in this resurrection that we should walk in now every day of our lives, that we should remember we should be undone by it and we should be ecstatic by it and we should fall on our knees and worship. Can this be real? All I can say is it's real for me. I believe it's real for you. Allow God to move in your heart today to bring the reality of the resurrection fully into focus for you. As I was preparing this, I came across a prayer by an ancient church father that he prays about being Easter children. That Sunday's children, these words that the Bishop Melitos of uh, Sardis wrote, he says this, This is Jesus speaking to you. Those of us who know it and those of us who are trying to figure out what it is. Jesus says this to you in his resurrection. I'm your forgiveness. I am the Passover of your salvation. I am the lamb which was sacrificed for you. I am the ransom. I am your light. I am your savior. I am your resurrection. I am your king. I am leading you up to the heights of heaven. I will show you the eternal Father. I will raise you up with my right hand. Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, you are holy and good, and all you do is good. We ask today, Father, that we know the reality and the truth of the resurrection and that we allow it to change us because of your mighty power. We are scared to be undone, but we ask that you undo us. We are scared to be rebuilt, but we ask that you rebuild us in the knowledge of who you are. In your name we pray, Jesus, amen. Would you stand and respond with this song?